You're listening to The Poncho Section, conversations about all things media and Mel Brooks. It's a podcast. And here's your hosts, Michael Canfer and Ethan Feldstein. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Poncho Section, where today we are going to be discussing an iconic franchise from Michael and myself's childhood, I would say. The Austin Powers franchise. Based yeah, on... Yeah, baby. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> yes. The iconic Yeah, baby. The first one coming out back in 97. Yeah. Back in 1997, which is a whopping 23 years ago, which is crazy to think about. That is pretty insane. Do you remember the first time you saw Austin Powers? The first um, one. We'll start with yeah, one. Yeah, I, I remember, I think I saw it at a sleepover. Mm-hmm. At, um, I remember liking it. I, I remember finding it uh, quite funny because, I mean, it's, it did have that, like, humor that, like, because we were, what, eight at the time? Yeah. So it had humor that like an eight year old would find funny, but then like going back to it much later in life, you see the jokes that went way over your head as right. a child. There's something in it for everyone. And that's funny you mm-hmm. say it like that because so my older sister had had seen it. Um she might have seen it in the theater and then so and her and her friends thought it was really funny and they would quote it all the time. So then I saw it. Mm. So then she showed it to me. And then when we got around to the, the second and third one, I did see in the theater. The second one I saw with like a group of kids um, in the theater and same with the third one. But uh, yeah, that was my first introduction. But that's like the first movie I remember people really quoting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just such a, I was thinking about this. There's no other, I mean, there's no other comedy trilogy in our lifetime, that has been that successful. I can't think of anything. No, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, I yeah. same, I can't think of anything like that. It was definitely, like, one of a kind, like, mm-hmm. franchise. And I don't even know if it, if it, like, I think that was, like, before we really had, like, the trilogy kind of thing. Like, everything now has to be a trilogy. Yeah. That's true. Um, I mean, think about, I guess the, the latest one was like the Hangover trilogy, but each one. Right. But the Hangover was a different animal because, first of all, I, I prefer Austin Powers to the Hangover. That's my personal yeah. view. But also, the Hangover, I think everyone would agree, had a great first movie, and then the second and third one, re- like, it didn't really warrant those sequ- sequels. Granted... Mm-hmm. You could say the same thing about Austin Powers, but I will say that those sequels were still good enough mm-hmm. to stand by themselves. Sure. I th- I'm, I'm in the, the boat where I really enjoyed... I love the first one. Yeah, I really enjoyed the second one. The third one, I'm kind of mm, about. There are still... I still find parts of it very funny, but... I yeah. feel the third one. The f- third one just has a much different feel than the f- first and the second one. Personally. Right. The third one. Well, so so the big thing with sequels and and we see with these is that they recycle a lot of jokes. Mm-hmm. So 
the big one being in the first movie you had like so the big joke i guess you call it like the funny name joke which the funny name for a woman like the evil right. woman with the funny name right a we lot call of it that. vagina yeah so a lot of vagina is the one in the first one mm-hmm. which to me is still the best oh yeah it's still the funniest and then in the second one you have a woman name um Ivana hump a lot which is also funny sure but same same joke and then they take Mm it another they stretch it in the um the third one with japanese twins named fook you and fook me which Mm -hmm. i thought was really lazy yes and that one i don't like the second one i'm like okay still funny Still like the first one better, but second one, all right, still funny, even though you're cycling mm-hmm. the joke. And then by the third one, you're like, enough of this. So right. I remember seeing that, and that was towards the beginning of the third movie, where I, when I saw it, I was like, okay, this joke is kind of tired. Yeah. Um, even as a, as a 13-year-old, I was very astute and said, this, this is a tired joke. Um, sure. And, uh, <laughs> but there was other stuff in the third one that I thought was really good. Like, I love, I love the character of Goldmember. I thought that was Goldmember was a great addition. I he love was the, good. I love the whole bit with um with the different with like cigar cigar and waffle. Bong right. and the smoke and a pancake. A smoke and a pancake. That's what it is, yeah. Yep. I love that whole gag. Um <laughs> But you have some some things that I think are really funny when you're a kid that mm-hmm. maybe don't translate as well to adulthood. Yeah. And the character of Fat Bastard I thought was really funny as a kid. And as an adult, I don't find him as funny. Yeah, I think he's he becomes, I think, with age, much more just a loud and obnoxious character. Well, it's it's very that's like childish humor. Yeah, um, that too. Like just the fat the the really fat guy. Fat potty humor, poop and farts and all yeah. that stuff. Although the yeah. best I think actually the best is when he loses the weight. And he says he lost the weight just like Jared from Subway. Yeah. Because that, that's even funnier now when you think about it. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I made, so um, to your point though, with reoccurring jokes. Yeah. Um, I, made, I made a list of, of them and I probably have missed some. So feel free to add. Yeah. But there were certain things that I noticed that would be in a bunch of the movies. So, mm-hmm. um, the first one I have on my list is Dr. Evil's shush when oh, he shushes yeah. Scott. Yeah. Um, that started out in the first one. He then yeah. takes it up again in the second one. And then in the third one, there's like an, it's an all slightly altered version. Cause he doesn't do the shush anymore, but he does the, he's like, and even in the, in the third one, Scott makes a comment about it. He's like, Oh, so we're doing this again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're doing this again. There was a, other similar types of um, jokes going on or reoccurring bits. Um, in I have it, Dr. Evil unknowingly making a silly sentence. So in The Spy Who Shagged Me, he had stuff like, they, he named the laser the Alan Parsons Project. Yeah. Um, they were then later on the moon and he's, the moon is split up into two units, moon unit alpha and moon unit zappa. Right. Uh, in gold member. Which I didn't they, get as a kid. Right. Yeah. No, I wouldn't have gotten that. And then yeah. in, in gold member, there was, um, the preparations of the plan. 
And he said that the preparations A through G had failed, so they're now working on preparation H. Yeah. Um, So that was something that that was kind of like such great jokes, though. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. so silly, but they're so good. Yeah. The (laughs) next one was the comments about Doctor Evil's rocket ship. Yeah. Which that 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 in the first one was the big boy. Uh, yeah. And the second one was and that's a, with Clint Howard. Yeah, those are the jokes. Clint Johnson. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Looks like a big Johnson. Exactly. Yeah, and so then, yeah, in the later movies, in in the second movie, it was a very phallic rocket ship. In the yeah. third one, they had the uh, the boob looking satellite. Yeah. Um, and then and again in that movie, they make a reference to it. I think the Osbournes um, call them out on it. Oh my God, that's that, right. Yeah, yeah. That was the biggest thing in the third one. And we, we could maybe talk about that uh, in a little bit. But it seemed that the third one was very much like it felt dated in that, like, they just continually made references to what was popular in culture in during 2002. Yes. As and- opposed to like the first one where it's like, okay, it makes sense that there's going to be certain things about 90s, like about the 90s, because. He's getting reacquainted. He's been frozen for 30 years. Yeah. They didn't really do much with um with the second movie because I think the second movie mainly took place in the past, which yeah. that's fine. Um but yeah, that's the thing I felt like the that dated the 2002 well, gold member. Well, that's really interesting because yeah, the third one's actually the one that's the most dated of them mm-hmm. because when you you take a big risk when you do that because the Osborns are not relevant at all anymore. And they exactly. really were only relevant for a very short period of time. Like yeah. if you had done, because if you think about it this way, like if, if it had been like the Kardashians, the Kardashians you could like still get away with because they've been around for a while. But even then, that's risky. I'm saying if it was right. like today, like not mm-hmm. back then, but if you did it yeah. today and did like a Kardashians thing where they're, they're watching it. Right. Um, that's and, still, but that's still a risk though, because you don't know. What's going to be? Who knows? Be? Maybe if they come out with an Austin Powers four, we'll have the Kardashians in a scene similar to that. Yeah, I hope not. I, I mean, because it's it would be it's too many years. It's too many years yeah. later. Um, I just don't think it's necessary. Um, but you know they will at some point. Yeah, probably. Uh, um, enough I fans will o- demand it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Two other reoccurring bits yeah. that, um, and there again, there may be more. Um, the throwing things. Um, in the first movie, International Man of Mystery, you had Random Task, which first off, I mean, that's just, that's a brilliant. My, my favorite, yeah. Brilliant joke right there. But um, he throws the shoe at, at Austin, hits him in the head, and Austin uh, responds, who throws a shoe, honestly? Yeah. Then in Goldmember, they have the young Dr. Evil, and they're at like the academy, and he gets hit in the head with a cupcake, and he says... Who throws a cupcake, honestly? Yeah. So that was a reoccurring thing. And then the shadow jokes. So in oh, yeah. The Spy Who Shagged Me, they had like the whole scene with them in the tent. Mm-hmm. And like it looked like Felicity Shagwell was pulling all these various things out of uh, Austin's ass. Yeah. And then in Goldmember, they had, uh, it, he was like, had to go for a physical on. Uh, right. Dr. Evil's ship because he was like dis- in disguise and they're like, hey, new recruits need to have a physical. So he goes in and then it's like him and Mitty Me doing like silly things behind the curtain. Yeah, um, but 
that that was a reoccurring joke that started actually in the second one. Yeah, that wasn't and in the first one. There's, and I'm curious what you think, what your thoughts are on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as I was watching like all these things happen, I was wondering, do you think the recycling of the jokes is laziness, or do you think it's intentional? And by intentional, I mean that like this whole franchise is somewhat of a spoof. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's very much a spoof on James Bond mm-hmm. films. And I wonder, do you think the recycling of the jokes was like an intentional kind of play on that in that like they're trying to say that the James Bond films are basically all the same in every single movie? Or are they just, does it seem just like lazy joke writing? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, I don't know if it's lazy completely. It's lazier. Mm-hmm. I think, though, that's just a sequel thing. I think in all sequels, they always recycle jokes. Yeah. So that, so that was going to happen. It's also, call it like fan service too, because people really like those jokes. So they're like, where, mm-hmm. how, how can we like one up it? But yeah, I'd prefer to see something new because I always think, I always, I never think that the second time they do it, it's better. Yeah. So like, so actually in the Spy Who Shagged Me, when they did that joke um, with the shadows, that was new and I thought that was really good. Yeah, 100%. So that was like a good original thing. And then once you do a third one, then it's like, okay, we got to ramp it up um, a little bit mm-hmm. here. So um, I don't know. They, yeah, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say... I'd be surprised if it had to do with the James Bond movies themselves. The mm-hmm. the actual repeating of the jokes, I think it's more of just a comedy sequel. Sure, yeah, it's more more the thing. Um, I mean, I still think they're funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they do get they do get tired after a while. I will say that my favorite scenes are always the Doctor Evil scenes, particularly. The ones between him and Scott are actually my favorite. Yes. Seth Green. That's uh, great. The whole thing in the first one, he's like, why don't you just, why don't you just go kill him while he's on the crapper or something? <laughs> yeah. He's like, you don't really get it, do you, Scott? Yeah. It's like, wait, I'm, no, I'm just going to put them into an easily escapable uh, situation, yeah. and I'm just going to assume that everything goes well. Why? Yeah. What? He's like, yeah. I have a gun in my room. I'll just go get it. We'll shoot him. Bam. It'll be uh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I love their whole um, thing, thing together. I don't like how in the third one, they made him sort of turn into Dr. Evil. Yeah. I didn't really like how the third one came together with with that and then with him and Austin being brothers and like that whole thing was just silly to me. You could, I, yeah. you could honestly make the argument that the third one really didn't need to be made where there's, there's funny things, but if it had just mm-hmm. been one and two, yeah, I think that actually would have been maybe the way to go. One, one, just one would have been fine, but they need, I understand the need to capitalize because those movies were so successful mm-hmm. that why wouldn't they, Right. Why, why wouldn't they continue to do more? It would just seem crazy. And that was a time when sequels actually came out in like sort of a timely manner. Like the, they were only a couple of years apart each movie, yeah. right? They were yeah, just, 97 and then 99 and 90, then 2002. Yeah. I mean, packed into a five-year span, that's like unheard of now. Yeah. 
everything but, is so spread out. Yeah, no, it really is. But and but to your point, I would agree that the Scott and Doctor Evil stuff I think was definitely some of the most fun stuff. Yeah. I loved um, when they were in like the group sessions for mm-hmm. like Fathers and Sons, mm-hmm. which was run by Carrie Fisher, which is I mean, oh that's just yeah, great. that's right. Um, mm-hmm. And then later. In the in the next movie, they had like a few segments uh, with um the Jerry Springer. the Jerry Springer show. Yeah, like those. Which, would you call that um time like a timely thing? I feel like mm. Jerry Springer been on for so many years that maybe yeah. now it wouldn't be so relevant. But like there was a big span of time where that that was still relevant. Yeah, I think maybe because it was just like a one time thing like they mentioned it it was we knew that it was taking place in like the late 90s and then right Mm -hmm. after that they went back in time yeah i think that's what kind of made it work right i think for me what made the gold member jokes not work was Mm -hmm. i don't know i think it's just like the whole thing of it like i guess they were kind of i don't know if they were making a joke about i wonder how much of gold member was a joke about the series because they Ooh, in gold member yeah. they it started out with like a movie about austin powers right and it ended with the, the fact that it was a movie about austin powers well do you remember who was in that movie in the beginning do you yes. remember the, the people who, who do you remember Cruise, who played tom Cruise? paltrow uh do you remember Kevin who was, spacey i was and gonna say DeVito. as as dr evil yeah. Isn't that Whoops. interesting? Isn't that kind of telling in some in some way? <laughs> Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but Maybe. it just uh and yeah, Danny DeVito as Mini Me was always my favorite reveal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I kind of wish he had just been Mini Me the whole time. That would have been cool. Although Vern, Vern Troyer Vern I think Troyer. needed RIP. RIP needed, uh, needed the work. Yeah. Um I Mini Me was fun um in the like when he first came about, but I thought he mm-hmm. got overdone pretty quickly. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, um I mean we can go through the 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 actors. We have Mike Myers who did several roles. Yeah, Mike uh, Myers Austin, was a lot of it. Austin Powers and Dr. Evil in the first one and uh-huh. then Reprising those roles in addition to Fat Bastard in the second one, and then all three of those roles in addition to Goldmember in the th- last one. Who was um, who, who was your favorite Austin Powers um, muse caller? Muse the the Powers girls. The Powers yeah, because they're not the Bond because you have the not Bond, the Bond girls. girls. The Power yeah. Powers, Powers girls. girls. Power um, girls. Oh God. Because you have, I, mean, I guess your choices, your choices are we have Elizabeth are, um, Hurley, Elizabeth Hurley, Heather Graham, or yeah, Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have Elizabeth Hurley as Vanessa Kensington. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heather Graham as Felicity Shagwell, mm-hmm. and Beyonce Knowles as Foxy Cleopatra. Yeah, um, I liked Foxy Cleopatra in like a. She was like a fun, um, like. Te- not teammate, but like a, a like a co-spy with him. Yeah, I just didn't feel any of the chemistry. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that whole 
Yeah, I just didn't think it, it just, worked. I f- it felt no chemistry there. I mean, I, ju- yeah. I just rewatched it, and I was just like, oh, there's, they got nothing going on here. I think it was um, a bad idea, honestly, all around. Just not, just didn't work. Yeah. Um. I mean, oh, it's so hard because. I mean, I'll tell Elizabeth you my Hurley. Favorite. I mean, she's the, the. I mean, she was the classic. I mean, classic, quote unquote. Uh. Being the first one, I mean, it's hard. I guess you could say being the first one, you get like extra props. But I really liked Heather Graham, Felicity Shagwell. I, I did like. I always like Heather Graham. Um, I gotta say though, um, Elizabeth Hurley was still my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, because I thought a they had the best chemistry. Yeah. Um, and I was actually I remember being legitimately sad when she it turns out to be a fembot. In, yeah, that was such a weird thing. In in the second, well, that was just like a plot device, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love like the yeah the beginning. He's watching In Light Flint, In Light <laughs> Flint, my favorite movie, and then yeah, and then she shoots him with her tits. Yep, tit guns, and, and then uh, she raises her eyebrows and to reveal her head. It has like grenades in them or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, that actually, uh, and that's how the movie starts. He's like, wait, yeah. I'm single again. And then he, the, and then all the jokes with like, he's naked and the things yep. moving in front of his and, dick. And like, you know, like, so it's covering so you can't see yep. it. Though and that's just, always fun. Just running through the, through a hotel playing Soul Bossa Nova. Yeah. Um, I like when the part when the baby pops up. Yeah. And I've seen these movies. This is another thing. I've seen these movies more times than pr- than like anything else. This mm. is really like I watched them so much as as a teenager probably. Like I they're just like ingrained. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know what it was if they were always on TV, if I was always watching them at friends' houses. I don't know what cuz I actually don't I don't believe I own the movies, but I've seen them like more than anything. I think I own a still wrapped up uh version of The Spy Who Shagged Me on DVD. But yeah, I think it was, I definitely remember it being on like TBS a whole bunch. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. They yeah were, and definitely you, you seeing gotta it at friends. You got to watch the full versions though. Yeah. Oh, 100%. But uh, definitely seeing it at friends' houses a bunch. Um, yeah, it was so good. And like, I know we, we brought up it, like reoccurring jokes, but I do, there were also like reoccurring actors mm-hmm. who I thought were just hilarious in their roles. I mean, Clint Howard, obviously as Johnson, yes, uh, is probably the best, but you also had, um, Mike, the actor, Michael McDonald, who played the henchman in the first one, who was Mm -hmm. the guy who, when, uh, Austin Powers was on the, what would you call it? But the steamroller. And Mm -hmm. he's the, he's the guard that stands right there and just screams, no, and then yeah, end up yeah. running him over when he could have just moved out of the way. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. He plays just like a random NATO soldier in the second movie, and then a, a royal guard in the third movie. That's right. Um, but then you have Will Ferrell as Mustafa. Say, Will, Will Ferrell might be my favorite because the the whole thing in the first movie where he says, "I'm very badly burned." Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's so good, and he just keeps interrupting uh, Doctor Evil as he's about to continue his like monologuing. Yeah, it's like, hello, is anybody you, up there? You shot me! You shot me! 
<laughs> and then they they brought oh that so that's a reoccurring kind of joke or or recycled joke in the second one where he falls off the cliff and yeah. like breaks his leg or whatever. He's like, yeah. I is anybody up there? I, 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 I my wound is bleeding very bad and it's starting to smell like almonds. <laughs> See, I'm going to try to stand up on the next leg. Ow. That might be the rare example where the second joke works just as well in yes. that movie. Because the whole thing with the three times, that bit yeah. gets me. He's like, damn, three times. <laughs> where is Dr. Evil hiding? Where is Dr. <laughs> Do I really have to ask you two more times? That I so think is a great. But that at least, yeah, they brought in some like originality to that. Yeah. Um, but oh, I, I always love Will Ferrell's probably, probably my favorite recurring character. Did you know, you, you, maybe you know this, that Dr. Evil is Lorne Michaels? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, so I, I also took down some notes from, uh, from Wikipedia. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if you know, if you've heard of that, uh, that great ref, uh, research website. Um, according to Wikipedia, uh, Mike Myers uh, created, the, uh, created the character of Austin Powers for the faux 1960s rock band Ming-T that Myers starred, started with Matthew Sweet and Susan Hoffs. Oh, sorry, Susanna Hoffs, following his Saturday Night Live stint in the early 1990s. Meyer said that the movie and the character were inspired by the British films, music, and comedy of the 1960s and 70s his father had introduced him as, to as a child. After my dad died in 1991, I was talking stock of, I was taking, sorry, I was taking stock of his influence on me as a person and his influence on me with comedy in general. So Austin Powers was a tribute to my father, who uh, introduced me to James Bond, Peter Sellers, the Beatles, the goodies? I don't know what that is. Peter the, Cook. The goodies was, uh, was like Dudley a British, Moore. was a British uh, comedy, um, I believe, some kind of comedy show. I don't know oh, much about it, but I've heard a lot of, I've heard a lot of uh, British comedians reference the goodies as like an inspiration. Oh, sweet. Okay, excellent. Yeah. And then the, that segment fin- uh, finishes off with Dana Carvey felt that Mike Myers copied Carvey's impression of Lauren Michaels for the Dr. Evil character. Yeah, that's, that's a big, so that's a big one there, is that the, I, apparently they, I don't know if they didn't talk or if there was something for a while that they were upset with each other mm. or that Dana Carvey was upset with him and felt that he kind of took his character and, and ran with it. Interesting. Yeah, because I mean, obviously they were they had success with Wayne's World, sure. So they and then this was his next thing, that was an even bigger success, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, definitely. I mean, think about Mike Myers was killing it in the nineties. Yeah. Like with Wayne's World, and then, I mean, just with Wayne's World and Austin Powers alone, those two <laughs> movies. Yeah. And he had another one. Um, I married and. Axe Murderer. Oh, yeah. I never saw that one. Yeah, I, I didn't either, but that was like, um, I think that was supposed to be decent. Um, mm-hmm. But like he had two big like characters, and then he did The Love Guru, and then everything the went to Guru. shit. Jeez. But uh, you can't win them all. No. Can we talk about, um, I think somebody who, I don't know if you could say underrated, but a, a person that I believe should get tons of credit for how hilarious she is. 
and that uh, is Mindy Sterling as Frau Farbissina. Uh, oh, oh, she's fantastic. Incredible. Yeah. She's the whole, so funny. Well, the what she shouts, that always gets me every time. Yeah. Oh, when she, she starts, shout- the, does the countdown? Yeah. <laughs> 29, 28, 27. She, just her voice alone is what yeah. does it. Yeah. She's so good. And I just, I, I love the part in, in the first movie when uh, they're making fun of the assassin. He's like the Irish assassin who has like a bracelet and he, I guess he, he has like a, um, his like calling card is to leave like indentations of like the, the bracelet into the people's neck. And he they're says always after like, me, lucky charms. Yeah. They're always after <laughs> me, lucky charms. And he's like, why is everybody always laugh when that happens? And then Frau go- explaining it is yeah. so funny. She's like, Oh, it's a television commercial. And the kids are, it's oh, we want your lucky charms, lucky charms. Oh, and there's always these little tiny piece of marshmallow just stuck right in the cereal. So the kids see it and think, Oh, this is candy. I'm having fun. <laughs> I just, she is so funny in that role. And she's all, it's running when, um, when every time they like go back and forward in time, she never ages. Yes. They like he sees her like Frau, you look so right. right. Like she looks exactly the same, but everyone yep. else like looks younger, older, whatever. Right. We had uh, Robert Ra- Wagner as uh, number two, o- as number as two in the nineties, old number two, and then Rob Lowe as the young number yeah, two. Uh, Rob Lowe as young number two. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So they all because in so the time travel thing is funny. Because in the first one they go, well, no, it's not time travel, right? Because in the first in one the, he's he's frozen, right? So he's frozen in 1967, and then wakes up in 1997 when, and then the whole thing where he's um, getting like unfrozen is that whole that whole scene is pretty funny. Oh yeah, that's great. I I when forgot pee- how I always love that- when he just when he pees for like yep. nine hours. I was about to say that. Yep. Um. I- and that's that, just like that, like there is comedy timing just in that scene with like yeah. the robotic woman, like yeah. uh, evacuation, evacuation come, come, <laughs> evacuation come, evacuation come, yeah. and it just keeps going. Yeah, I mean, oh uh, yeah, no, there's there's great stuff there. So in that one, they they're frozen, and then in the second one, it's 1999, and they go back in time they go back to to 1969 so Mm -hmm. they do everything in like 30 year um increments i guess oh yeah and can't forget about actually one of my favorite characters basil michael york basil basil exposition yeah michael Michael york York who's a great actor oh 100 percent. yeah logan's run yeah i mean he's got in such a great voice yeah um and like uh yeah, he's uh, he's he's a like a, an underrated character, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, Basil. <laughs> what does it all mean, Basil? Whoop de do, Basil. Yeah, I love That's when um name. they in the it's still in the first one where it's the first scene, I believe, when he's at that like party and the waitress asks Austin if he wants something to drink. He turns around and punches her right in the face, and they're like, "What did you do that for?" He's like, "Don't, don't worry. This is a man, man." And then yeah. later, when Basil Exposition is introducing his mother to Austin, he once again pulls that, thinking it's a man, and yeah. it turns out it's no, it is Basil's mother. And 
he goes off. He's like, why would you do that? He's like, well, you have to admit, she does look like she's been beaten with an ugly stick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, there's so, so many great lines. I just don't know if there's, there's nothing like that anymore. You know? No. There's no, like, the only thing I could mention was like the Hangover trilogy, and that's already Mm -hmm. a while ago, but that doesn't have, that, I, I think we can all agree that hasn't had the same cultural impact. No. Well, one thing that I thought was interesting is if you look at the amount of, I don't know if you would call them guest stars, cameos, mm-hmm. um, or like just famous people, it's interesting. In, so in the first movie, you had people like Carrie Fisher, you had mm-hmm. people like Tom Arnold, which like, that's a great scene. Tom Arnold scene with the, in, in the bathroom. It, yeah. When, who, who does, does number, number two? two work for? Yeah. I, there's a love of Tom Arnold. That's right, you tell Yeah, him. you tell that turd. <laughs> it's like, listen, man, bite your lip, give it hell. We're gonna get through this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think <laughs> that's basically about it. I mean, Burt Bacharach, uh is great, and he like t- makes a, an appearance. I I believe and in all Elvis of them. Costello. Elvis um, Costello in, in the second one two, with Burt Bacharach. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's really good, but I think that was basically about it in the in the first one. Um, but in the second one, you had Elvis Costello, you had um, you had Jeff Garland, I believe, was in the Jeff second Garland. one. Yeah, he was. Um, Jeff Garland um, played a the Cyclops uh, at like there. It was he was in like a brief scene. It was like when they when that. they were making a comment about the. Uh, the the rocket ship that looked like a Johnson and all that kind of stuff. So he he played a small cameo. Is um, it like if you blinked, you miss him kind of thing? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Springer. You had yeah. Steve uh, Wilkos, obviously because of Jerry Springer. Uh, Rebecca Romaine was in that one. Woody Harrelson yeah. is in that one. Yes, I didn't realize Tim Robbins played the president in uh-huh. Spy Shag Me. Uh, yeah. Willie Nelson was in that. Um, Fred Willard. Was yeah. Wait, also, wasn't, wasn't Fred Willard was also in that. Um, I believe the uh, that that Johnson scene wasn't Tim Robbins in the first one. Or I thought was, it was he? the first. I don't or know. Maybe it is the second was. one. I'm when, not sure when, when he was in the first one, or if he was in the first one. Um, it's the scene where he where they show the explosion from Independence Day. That's the second. And he one. said it's the second one. Okay. Yeah. And he says he goes he goes. That was actually a scene from the movie Independence Day, but the real will be much worse. Yeah, scary, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then you take that and you may bring it to the the third one, and there, that's just chock full of like tons of people. I mean, you had tons. Michael yeah. Michael Caine first off. Mm-hmm. Um, Fred Savage. Fred Savage is number three. Number three or the mole. Mo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we mentioned it before, but Tom Cruise, Danny DeVito, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, um, those are more cameos. Yeah, Kevin Spacey, like Savage Steven is like Spielberg, Quincy Jones, John Travolta at the end when he he's playing uh, uh, Goldmember in the, oh, the movie. Right. Oh my god! Uh, Britney Spears in the beginning, and then of course you had the whole Osborne That's kind of right. thing going on. That's right, Britney Spears. In the that beginning. also I that I remember that. going watching it again. That that dated it a lot. There's because it's so. Um, the third one's really bloated with yeah with all this stuff. It did also have Nathan Lane. Did and have Nathan Lane in that scene where he's talking for Beyonce, right? 
Which, I mean, Nathan Lane is great in everything. Yeah, I, I like Nathan Lane. Um, but yeah, the third the third one is especially bloated. Yeah. Um, but there's still, like I said, there's still some funny moments from the third one. Like, I like the stuff from Gold Number. There, there are tons of repeat jokes and things that don't work. Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely the weakest of the three. Yeah. But there's parts that are funny. And like I said, the end with when Fat Bastard loses all the weight <laughs> and going on the subway diet, I think is, is legitimately funny. Yeah. And he says, my neck kind of looks like a vagina. So and, good. Uh, I mean, th- there, there's some like still good lines, but it was like one that I feel like they were just, de- they were capitalizing. It, that was like a real money, um, money, uh, what do you call it? Money maker, money, money grab. Right. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, and they and they got my money, so. Yeah. That was the one I, you mentioned that you saw the second and third in, in theaters. I did. I don't remember if I saw the second one in theaters, but I definitely remember seeing the third one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they have they had my money. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. So I, I wanted to get like a description of, of each of the movies and we basically mm-hmm. kind of explained it, it pretty well. Um, so I grabbed it from Rotten Tomatoes and I won't go through the details of everything, but also what, while I was there, I was like, I wonder what the, the scores are, like the critic scores and, and yeah. everything like that. And critics probably hated it. It's, it's interesting. So the first movie. Mm-hmm. Actually got a really good score from both parties. Uh-huh. First movie got a seventy-one critics, seventy-seven audience. I would think that that, but that is really good. But I'm disappointed in the audience. I feel like the audience should have. It should have been be in the nineties. Yeah, it should have yeah. been in the nineties, at least eighties. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the, pretty good. That's all. All said for a comedy, that's pretty good. Yeah. The second one is where things start going going all weird. Uh, fifty-two critics, uh-huh. and seventy-one audience. Okay, but that's not. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm not surprised by the critics. Mm-hmm. And it's still a close audience score, so not not all too surprising. The there. last one is the one I was shocked about. Yeah, critic score is a fifty-three, so one more than the la- than than Spy Who Shagged Me. Mm-hmm. And the audience score is a 44. Okay, that's not... No, the audience score should definitely be higher than the critic score. Yeah, typically, especially for comedies, I find that that's, the audience score also, is Also, at the time, I feel higher. like people still liked the third one. Like, it wasn't hated. Mm-hmm. It was still like, people said, oh, it's not as good. But like, no one... I don't remember people actually hating it. I would have put it in like... I would, I would have thought if the critics were going to be on level the critics are always wrong with this mm-hmm. stuff but um i would have actually said the critics would have given it a 40 something yeah and then the audience would have given it like a 65 hmm. that would have been my guess yeah something yeah. like that you know it's something not in the rotten zone yeah something that i just thought of which um i don't have any notes on it um but I realize that the the music in all of these movies is really good. Oh yeah, and the Especially, theme is great too. I love the uh, theme. Yeah, the theme song is, is great. Um, but I'm just thinking because it, it, I was thinking before of uh, Goldmember's entrance in yeah. the third movie, and I think that might be his best part. Yeah, um, <laughs> when he roller skates, when he's just roller skating around. I mean, he's it's so lifting good. his leg up. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so good, but I'm then I'm just thinking, 
when Felicity Shagwell, when her entrance was mm. really good too, I believe they were playing American Woman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um and then of course in the first movie you have had uh when Austin Powers was dancing for the Fembots and their heads explode. <laughs> yeah, that's a great scene. These uh these boots were made for walking. Well, yeah, I think that they had the boots were made for walking when they introduced the Fembots and I think he was play- they played that um when I think about do I touch myself that song? I think they had that song playing when he was dancing for them. When the he was Fembot. dancing for Oh, but oh right, right, but they're saying these boots are made for walking and then and then at the end they they shoot them. Yeah, that like was when. The, yeah, yeah, that's when the, uh, Frau Forbissner introduced them. They shot oh, the guards, yeah. and uh, Doctor yeah, yeah. was like, "I like, I what was it? I like women of that caliber." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah no, is, you're right. They did have good music. Yeah, that was an important part of it. And so, oh, here's another thing that I noticed that was. Um, it was, I guess, missing from the third movie, and mm-hmm. it was those, um, for the most part, it was those splices between, like, in the first and the second movie, when they would have those mini, like, interludes of mm-hmm. just... Um, yeah, like the little, like... Like, yeah. little dancing kind of interludes. Yeah. Yeah. That was missing from the third one. Yeah. I always liked those little interludes. Those were very the, the- good. I, I forgot you're right. Those were, yeah, the third one definitely has like a different feel to it. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, the first, yeah, it's, uh, I just think, yeah, it was like a money grab, you know? The, um, the they other were, thing. They did so well, because I think the this, this sequel did so well. Mm-hmm. To, like, they both were good. It was a good sequel, all things considered. Not did as it, good as the first one, but it was a very good sequel. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought, I like one and two very much. Yeah. And yeah. the the other thing that I noticed, and maybe I'm just reading too much into it, I noticed there was a change in Doctor Evil from the first movie to the second movie, and especially to the third movie. How so? I felt that he became much more silly, much more. I don't think I don't think flamboyant is the right word. But mm-hmm. it seemed that he became much more similar to Austin. Well, you definitely noticed that in the third one because he becomes like good. Yeah. The second and one, I'm wondering if maybe this was an idea of theirs or there's just not no consistency. But after Dr. Evil drinks some of Austin's mojo, yeah. he becomes much more like. I don't even know, like less uptight, maybe. That's possible. I mean, he has those like songs with Minnie Me, mm-hmm. sing yeah. just the two of us, right? Which, like, I, I, looking back on those, I don't really love those. Yeah. Um, I always thought those were goofy. I think that kind of like made that probably made him less evilish. Mm-hmm. But he is yeah. supposed to be silly. Like he's supposed to be a joke of a of a villain. Right, but I felt like in the first one, it seemed much more, I don't know, he just seemed like an, a, 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 a villain that was like taken to like an extra ridiculous level as opposed mm-hmm. to a ridiculous villain. That makes yeah. sense? No, I, I get what you're saying. Um, 
I think there are definitely like like hints of that, and you and you could equate it to the the mojo thing, but there are like little little moments where you'd be like, oh yeah, this is this is maybe is a little too, little too goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of them has to do with like the songs and like, um, there's gotta there's gotta be something else too, at least in the second one. Hmm. But but again, a lot of it's like recycled jokes. Yeah, from the whole like one million dollars thing. Yeah, I think they they did that a few times. Yeah. Um, I yeah, do love. What? There was one joke that uh, it was an original. It w- it was an original joke that uh, just very quick. It was um, it was when he was with Ivana Hump a lot after their photo shoot. And she's like, I guess they're they're teasing each other in the beginning, um, mm-hmm. kind of flirting. And she goes, "Do you know what we do in Russia to keep warm?" And he's like, "I have I have like some thoughts." And she's like, "We play chess." And he's like, "I was wrong." Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and she sucks on the chess. I do love that that scene. Oh yeah, it's uh, and he and he tries to do the same thing. He chokes. Yeah, on he the chokes chess on it. <laughs> that's that's a really funny part. Yeah. Like that, that works. That that's funny. Yeah. No, there's like, look, there there's good stuff in all of them. Mm-hmm. First one is definitely superior, but I Absolutely. but I will say that this at least the second one is a very strong sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I think that's that's really rare to find in comedies. Another thing that they completely got rid of in the third one was in the first two, he had those those moments where he would just be a photographer. Yeah. And take pictures of um took pictures of, of Elizabeth Hurley's character, yeah, Vanessa. And, and yes, the, yes. And no, no. Um I mean he did a whole photo shoot in, in the in the second one, which is why we know how he ended up uh, connecting with Ivana Humpelat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they gave up on that as well in the third one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They they tried different things and they, again, it, it had its moments, but it just wasn't, it didn't have the same feel. Um, I don't know what, I don't know what they were going for. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to say, but uh, first two. For sure, yes. are, but I would I would own all three. I would I would get the Blu-rays of all three, like a pack of all three of them, just to have. I think yeah. I think like as a collection, they're classic. I de- yeah, I definitely recommend watching all three. Um, yeah, and yeah, but just I believe you and I are on the same page here, knowing that the number one and two I think are are the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say so, um, and I think they still hold up. I think, like we were saying in the beginning, that they, um, that, like, when you're, you like certain things when you're a kid, and then there are things you didn't get then that you understand now as an adult. So I think, you know, there's something for everybody. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. I think that's, that's rare to, to find nowadays. I agree. So there you have it. There you have it. That's Austin Powers, folks. <laughs> If you like this episode of the Poncho Section, please consider leaving us a review on your podcast player. 
Follow us on the social medias, Facebooks, Twitters, Instagrams. Type The Poncho Section and look for Headley the Duck. Do you want to support The Poncho Section and show that support? Well, get yourself some Poncho Section merch. We got t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, hoodies, phone cases, art prints, stickers, and mugs. Just go to theponchosection.com, scroll down to the bottom, and click Merch. And finally, if you want to be featured on an episode of The Poncho Section, send a voice memo to ponchosection at gmail.com, and we'll play it in an upcoming episode. All right, thank you all for listening. Peace!